Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the world's cricket show, the world's favourite cricket show my name is adam bayfield and i'll be your host for this one and this guy is tony kerr hey how's it going tony yeah good thanks very good yeah and you uh stressed to be yeah, honest yeah. very stressed stressful hobby this isn't yeah. it <laughs> i've just just arrived at your house <laughs> just burst in through the door flung all my stuff down on the sofa and just ranted phrases I, I don't know i just feel like i'm my life tone i'm just constantly racing around yeah and i was just saying to you off air Left work, like ran to my car, I had to race home to get the stuff, get my laptop, the recorder, you know, raced back down here, parked, ran over the road, almost got run over by a car coming out of the co-op. <laughs> it's supposed to be a hobby, this. And yeah, yeah, relax now, relax. You're, you're, yeah, you're just, a safe hands Just constantly just like, for sake, come on. <laughs> like I'm in my car going like, come on. Just, well, that's just me all the time driving. Yeah, I know you struggle with this, don't yeah. you? So impatient. Well, a combination of you being late to everything and overbooking yourself, so mm-hmm. you're late to two things simultaneously, uh, means that you were saying you just spend your entire life just in your car, like <laughs> right just up, willing up. people to drive faster, <laughs> right up yeah. the uh, the jacksy of uh, the car in front. No, I don't, I, I'm not too bad. I don't like swearing tailgate. at the top of your lungs. Yeah, I don't tailgate <laughs> extravagantly, but no, it's just a sort of you know. It's just junctions or any time I'm just I just find myself shouting at people, just think quicker, be quicker, just do it. Whatever you're gonna do, do it. That's all, that's all I ever shout. Just do it. Get on with it. <laughs> it's like eighty year old yeah. sweet old ladies just trying to edge out of a, a T junction. She's got you behind her. In a rear, <laughs> yeah, that's literally it. No rear view mirror going, come on! Yeah. <laughs> It's really horrible. It's a horrible way to live. Made anyway. me laugh. You saying just imagining that, just imagining that, yeah, the people in front of you might look in the rearview mirror, see your face, note your behaviour, and be like, "Oh, I better pull over. This guy's clearly, <laughs> this guy's clearly on his way to an emergency or something." Yeah. We, I'd better than three. Poor man. He's clearly in a hurry to get somewhere to meet his old mate to chat some cricket to do a team by team preview <laughs> of the T Twenty World Cup. Now, just on that note... Um, God, I'll try and calm down a bit. Yeah, just take a deep breath. Um, on, on that note, um, you know, you, you call it a team-by-team team preview. What I'd like... It was built... You sort of build it in our preamble of our message that this is the, our T20 World Cup preview. I like to see it more as the preview preview. Right. So just the high-level stuff, the top-down, not, not going to get into too much detail about, you know, the balance of the Papua New Guinea team, that mm. kind of stuff. Um, just be a sort of, you know... 
loose leaf um, exploration into what the T20 World Cup means. And then maybe once we've seen some of these teams play, then we can do the actual preview. So this is a preview of the preview and the yeah. actual preview will be deliver- delivering what after the tournament? Is that what you're saying? Once <laughs> yeah. we've seen them all play? Yeah. Um, okay, so this is kind of like a, a strategic overview, you know, kind of strategy chat. Yeah, what do we want to get out of <laughs> what the preview is going to yeah. be, what the objectives are for the preview? Is that what we're saying? Yeah, exactly that, exactly that. Okay. So I think I think we come back next week once we've seen a bit more of the preliminary stage um, to to fill in the blanks, I guess. Okay, well, thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. Um, we'll be back next week. No, we got. I've got lots to say, Tony. Is, okay, is this going to be a monologue? Is that what you're saying? Well, I'll just chip in where I can. Is this yeah. going to be one of those where the possession stats look quite ugly, sort of Man City style, <laughs> Barcelona tiki taka? Um, yeah, not looking, not looking too great for you. Go on, then. What have you got? <sighs> I've got lots to say. It is uh, I, again. I was. It's it's good to have hobbies, isn't it, Tony? It's good that you've got hobbies that kind of you know relax you, de-stress <laughs> you. I was up late last night, like desperately trying to think of gags about Mohammed Hafiz being old. And there was at some point I was like, it's 11 p.m., go to bed. Um, so, but I've made, I've made some notes. And yeah, we're going to... This is, Tone, our comprehensive pre-preview uh, of the T20 World Cup. I always want to say, say World T20. I was looking... I'd forgotten this. This is actually the first time it's been called the T20 World Cup. The last time it took place, it was called the World T20. Is, is it a different tournament? Arguably, no. But well, you know, you know, Tom Harrison was still calling it the World T Twenty, wasn't he? Um, when he was, you know, defending the ECB the other week, um, and he knows what he's talking yeah, about. Exactly. So. so yeah, it definitely hasn't the T Twenty. Sorry, the, the World T Twenty moniker, mm. if you like, hasn't worn off yet, has it? It's still uh, it's, it's lingering around. The spirit lives on, um, but it is now called the T Twenty World Cup. But it is. It is. <laughs> it is the same tournament. And it's five and a half years since the last one in the spring of 2016. Um, as part of cricket's entirely sensible schedule, the next one will be in one year. Um, we're going to go through this. We're going to do a team by team rundown. We can talk about the format, the groups. Some um, teams more than others. <laughs> the, the dates when some of these games <laughs> take place, which uh, caught you a little bit by surprise just, just before we started recording. But simple question to kick things off, Tone. How excited are you about this tournament? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, well, do you know what? Yes, I am quite excited. Um, as you say, five and a bit years since the last one, which is, you know, obviously the various reasons for that. You know, it should have happened last year or the, the tournament in Australia should have happened last year. And here we are in the UAE in Amman. We should have been in India. Anyway, so they were going to, the, the idea was it was going to, change to a four-year schedule yeah. which is why there were none between 2016 and 2020 and then last year's one was delayed because of covid but they're now switching it back to a two-year schedule which means because of the delay the next one is in one year so there are re- as you said there are reasons for it but it's just there's something very it's complex weird and kind of, about yeah, it isn't there yeah. but anyway sorry carry on no i am really excited about it i think you know we've said before um we, we've talked up this tournament we, we love the world t20 and I, I, for me it is the it's the pit well it's the the best fun condensed bit of cricket fun I think we have um, yeah there's something really special about it and like clearly T20 cricket you know it's only a portion of of the overall joy of cricket and mm-hmm. you know we are part of that band of of, of cricket fans clearly who favour the hundred well yeah yeah exactly you know who, who obviously take great joy out of the longer formats as well but. As much as, you know, 
clearing the ropes can get a little bit uh, it's a little bit empty in some regards this is a tournament it's bloody brilliant mm. and yeah the fact I, I i'm happy that it's going back to an every two year schedule uh it's it's the one T20 tournament of the year where I actually know who's playing for who mm. and who I'm actually kind of willing to win. Mm. Um, you know, I know who, you know, what country Babarazam is from. <laughs> I haven't got a bloody clue what other teams he plays for yeah, over okay. the... Which six franchises he plays for in any, like, six-month period. Um, I also know that when Australia are playing, I want the other team to win. Um, you know, I know that uh, you know, when Netherlands beat Sri Lanka um, in a week's time, you know, that'll be uh, a bit of an upset or you know, even though we'll come on to it, you know, Sri Lanka aren't particularly good at the moment and Netherlands perhaps are, you know, are in a reasonably good place. But uh, but I know that that's, a, you know, that's a, a significant result. You know, I don't really know, you know, if um, KKR beat Rajasthan Raws. I don't know who, you know, I don't really know what's going on. Uh, do you know what I mean? I so what you mean, basically yeah. it's the one tournament, it's one T20 tournament where it all makes sense. It's the sort of natural order of things that, 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 you know, as a cricket fan, you're, you're, you know, we are accustomed to international cricket being the pinnacle. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll actually know what's going on for about two or three weeks. Yeah. Or vaguely. Well, well, I think something to add into that, which you, you kind of touched on as well, but is, it's the perfect amount of T20 cricket for me as well. So there's 45 matches in this tournament, but that includes, and we'll talk more about this, but the group stage, which is, there's a bit of an easing into the tournament, isn't there, before the the top eight nations get involved. So in some ways, it's it's fewer than that. Um, the IPL is, what, 75, 80 matches? I don't know. It just This feels like it's condensed into just a few weeks if it goes on as long as the IPL, it does start to become a bit meaningless and I start to lose interest in sixes, you know, you become a bit desensitized to big mm. hitting. This is just the right amount of T20 cricket for me. And the word you used at, uh, at the top was fun. Uh, it's, it is so much fun, this tournament. And it, as such, it is my favorite cricket event. It's not my favorite format of cricket or my favorite cricket, you know, because that's test cricket. But in terms of um, global events. I, I do prefer this to the 50 over World Cup. It's it's just very exciting. It has always delivered, I think. So, uh, and, and it does feel, with this particular one, it does feel like it's a long time coming. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's five and a half years since the last T20 World Cup, but it's also two and a bit years since the last global event and we've had the pandemic. And this, it feels like, you know, I'm ready for a global cricket tournament. It's it's quite an exciting prospect. It, there was a time where there was one every 11 months or something. Th- that hasn't been the case lately. So, uh, you know, it's quite it's something to really get excited about. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> what was I going to say? Uh, two points and I've forgotten what the first one was. <laughs> two points, I've forgotten them both. What, you say? what was your second point? No, okay, the second point. Okay, cut all that. Yeah. Which you obviously won't. <laughs> um uh, no, so I've got to remember them now, both okay. points. Uh, point one yeah. um, is that, that in theory, uh, you know, the ICC being the great and good custodians of the game that we've, we know and love, things are moving in a more positive direction in terms of the number of teams involved in a tournament. It's only going to get better, the World T20. And, and, you know, as the vehicle of choice for sort of spreading the game and, and bringing other nations on, this tournament will only get better as the years go on. You'd imagine, you know, this is going to be, it's been more competitive. There's going to be more variety of team, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, and I also think as well, you know, in terms of sort of 
bragging rights, the fact that we've now got to a stage, and uh, yeah, I suppose a fair amount has changed in the cricket landscape since that last, since the last World T20 five and a half years ago. But there is a sense now that that certainly of the major nations, all the boards have uh, have a kind of vested interest in short form cricket in terms of their own franchise competitions. So mm. there is a sense of a sort of a bragging rights that you wouldn't, you know, that, that you know, they try to create with the Champions League. Uh, yeah, that was a bit, but it's, it's quite difficult to make that work when players are playing mm. for multiple franchises. But um, yeah, it's, it's sort of, it's an extra layer on top of that thing of like, what's the best, yeah, who's plays host to the best franchise tournament? Is it the IPL? Is it the Big Bash, the PSL? Now the 100, um, very difficult to compare. But I guess if you add that sort of veneer of, you know, our team, our, our cricketers are the best T20 mm. cricketers, it, you know, it probably elevates that, you know, if England win the next three T20 World Cups off the back of the 100, it makes the 100 look very good. So there's, there's that added incentive, I think. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. Although, well, specifically on that, I suppose England have been incredibly good at white ball cricket yeah. pr- before the 100. So I don't know that you could make a direct link, although I'm sure they would try to. Um, but no, but it is, it, that is an interesting point. You know, one of my um, questions here when we talk about India is, you know, will this be the tournament where we finally see, you know, the impact of the IPLs, you know, start to play out? Because, you know, India haven't been dominant in T20 cricket, even though the IPL is the dominant T20 com- you know, franchise competition. If Sri Lanka or South Africa or, you know, someone of that ilk win this tournament, it will reflect badly on the IPL and the BBL and, you know, and those those bigger franchise tournaments, even though players from those nations obviously play in them. But nonetheless, you would think that the kind of a lift all boats uh, concept would mean that, you know, that the IPL should be raising the level of, of, of Indian cricket more generally. But so, yeah, that's an interesting point. I mean, when we um, when we did our preview of the 50 over World Cup in 2019, I'm pretty sure we spent most of the thing, most of the time talking about the format and how bad the format was in our view we probably don't need to spend as long on this i don't think but what, what do you think about this format so it's it's, it's uh, changing as well isn't it because it i don't know yeah this is the only time this format will be used right, i don't know what the format's for the next one but at some point they're going to uh, they're increase let me, let me actually let me i just quickly there. explain what the the format yeah, is for anyone who's aware so so it starts with a, a a group stage so first round of two groups group a and group b in Group A, we have Ireland, Namibia, Netherlands, and Sri Lanka. In Group B, Bangladesh, Oman, Papua New Guinea, and Scotland. So this is this sort of like qualifying or the the post qualification qualifying. So they've all qualified to be here, um, but now this is the the preliminary round. So then uh, two, the top two from each of those groups, so four teams in total, progress to the Super Twelve, where they they will join the eight highest ranked teams who didn't have to qualify um so in group one of the super 12 we have australia england south africa west indies and then two teams from the group stage and in group two we have afghanistan india new zealand sri lanka and the other two teams that qualify from the group stage so um yeah so it does start with those with that group stage with um it where well, it kicks off with what uh oman papua new guinea uh on the 17th of october and then the 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 big boys if you like if i'm allowed to call them that uh don't get going until the 23rd what do you think about this format Tim? yeah i think it's okay i mean uh, yeah uh, it is changing for future tournaments i think um i think i'm right in saying the ambition is or the plan is to um increase the number of teams involved uh to 20 
maybe not for next year, but the, the two years after that. Um, so obviously we've got 16 teams here. I mean, yeah, the, the qualifier, the fact that these teams have qualified for effectively what is a qualifier, it's not, it's not a perfect kind of, it's not an immaculate conception, is it, in terms of like what you would say a football World Cup is, which is, you know, is a very neat yeah. um, tournament that everyone loves except for FIFA, uh, who wants to change it. Um, yeah, I think it's okay. I mean, when you look at the teams involved in that first round, obviously um, Bangladesh and Sri Lanka and Ireland, um, are your sort of, you know, your heavyweights, I suppose there's opportunities there for other sides to be in the mix. So in from Group B, you've got Bangladesh, Oman, Papua New Guinea and Scotland. So one of Oman, Papua New Guinea and Scotland. Um, we'll go through to the next round. So we'll be playing, you know, the, the legit big boys. Um, yeah, it's kind of, it's almost there, but it's not quite right. But let, I think in the, if this was a normal time and, and cricket, had been really easy to follow and had mm. not been like the schedule had not been kind of ripped up, reimagined 50 times in the last year. There might be more scope to, to sort of pick it apart a bit. But I think in this instance, we just got to crack on really. Yeah, I, I quite like it actually. I mean, I, there's an argument for just doing four groups of four. Um, but maybe the kind of competitiveness of the group stage might then not be quite what we'd want. You know, it might be that not every match would be quite as, as quite as high stakes because you'd sort of you might know you might have a pretty good sense of who was likely to go through from each of those groups if, if two were going through there might be less um, jeopardy in the group stage uh, I, I I agree with you that you know say if if for a team like Papua New Guinea to qualify for the T20 World Cup oh, what a great achievement that's fantastic but they may well go home without playing you know any of Australia, India, uh, West Indies, whoever. Uh, and that w- would feel like, um, you know, they'd been cheated a bit there. So so it's probably not perfect, as you say, but I, I prefer this to the... I much prefer this to the 50-over World Cup tournament. It's not that one really incredibly long group stage that goes on way too long. It feels like... And, and everyone has the opportunity to qualify for this. Mm. So it feels like they're, they're still kind of groping around a little bit to, to land on the perfect... Uh, format but i think this is much much closer uh, and and that qualifying thing is over within six days and in a way it's quite a nice sort of um you know it sort of a eases you in and a moose boosh exactly it, like i suppose the fact that it's like hey the t20 world cup starting and then there are the you know this will upset a lot of people but you know the sort of less important matches uh or less exciting matches to begin with m- might be a little bit deflating a bit like the warm-up in tennis, which I hate, you know, where <laughs> they, they get really excited about something that's about to start and then you just have to sit there for 15 minutes and watch them knock it back and forth over the net. Um, but on the other hand, maybe it just, yeah, you kind of feel your way into the tournament a bit and by the time next Saturday rolls around, everyone will be really kind of uh, chomping at the bit. Except the teams that have gone home. Except the teams <laughs> that have gone home. Yeah, fair point. It's not perfect, but it's, it's getting there. Shall we go team by team? Yeah, go on. Well, let's let's start with England, Tone, because I think you'll you should know a reasonable amount about them. Fifty over world champions, finalists in this tournament in 2016. Do you remember that, Tone? I do remember it. Do you yeah. remember what happened that, there? It feels a preposterously long time ago. <laughs> yeah. It really does. Yeah, I mean, it is astonishing. Uh, and I was looking at those teams. Actually, the England team hasn't changed completely, but the West Indies team. Darren Sammy was the captain that day. He's subsequently had a stadium named after him. And, you know, that, that does feel like a bit of a different era. Samuel Badgery was playing. 
you know, was a sort of key man for Western in that tournament. I don't know. And and obviously the hero in that moment, Carlos Brathwaite, four sixes in four balls to to win the tournament. Not remember in the this name. squad. Not in this squad. So remember the name Carlos Brathwaite, exactly. Uh yeah, no, I mean that it just feels yeah, it feels wildly long ago for obvious reasons that, you know, over the last couple of years, I suppose personally. Um yeah, that that was before my previous job. I've changed jobs twice since that <laughs> right. day. Um yeah, no, it just feels different how, you know, lots move, lots change, mm. doesn't it? Different world yeah. back then. Yeah, was. Life was easy. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? Actually, that was pre the EU referendum. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. David Cameron was the prime minister. Good old days, eh? <laughs> good old Dave. Yeah, good old days. Yeah, that was, um, yeah, yeah, different different era. Now he's got his trotters up down in Nice. Yeah, there's, maybe it's a bit of a sliding doors moment if, if Brathwaite had... had topped one and then mm. uh, got out you know maybe the whole world would have been different no pandemic no brexit yeah, right we'd have voted to remain <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly um yeah yeah amazing really a lot to answer for. yeah exactly um no easy, pandemic. Yes, simpler t- <laughs> simpler times it was the go-go 90s <laughs> uh and it was before the dot-com bubble and everyone was living the dream well, anyway, lots changed, but actually, that England, that England team, you know, there are quite a number of survivors from from the eleven who took the field that day: Jason Roy, Owen Morgan, Joss Butler, Moeen Ali, Chris Jordan, Adil Rashid, David Willey's in the squad as well. You know, it, it's quite a notable thing that they have they have had such continuity over the last five or six years, and I think it would be hard to dispute that they have been consistently the best white ball team in the world over that period. They obviously, as I say, won the. 50 over world cup two years ago um i, I yeah I, they've been pretty dominant uh in white ball formats home and away they haven't played a vast amount of t20 in the last few years um this year they've played a little bit more they won two series at home this summer against sri lanka and pakistan they lost that five match series in india earlier this year but that was a that was a bit of a cracker wasn't it that india eventually won three two if you look at that squad tone there are two key absences i think you would say in the shape of ben stokes and joffre archer how big an impact do you think that might have on england's chances here yeah i don't know it, it feels like it, it feels like not things haven't fallen apart quite for england but it just feels it feels like sort of limping into both this t20 world cup and the ashes mm. um creaking a little bit yeah just obviously there's been so much uh well uh, aggro but sort of just yeah a fair sort of amount of uh, uncertainty and turmoil off the pitch whether yeah who's coming or going what's going on obviously as you say yeah some key injuries and some key absentees so yeah I don't know I feel like we go into this probably a couple or two or three sides down the list for me in terms of favorites okay but that's not to say that you know that, that things won't go a lot better than that um I suppose form as well is a bit of an issue for a couple of the players options limited in some regards, but there is there's clearly blockbuster batting in that lineup, so anything's possible. Yeah, I'm not going to rule anything out. Blockbuster video sounds good. <laughs> sounds good to me. Well, actually, yeah, form, fitness, uh, and conditions. I don't know if we have we actually even mentioned that this tournament's in the UAE and Oman. Some of the group stages in Oman. Hopefully, that's in the uh, pod description. <laughs> yeah, that'll be the title of the episode, yeah, along with all the rest of the previews. <laughs> <laughs> Um, not sort of the, the most comfortable conditions for, for an England team historically. I do think, I think particularly the loss of Archer is huge um, because, you know, he's, I mean, arguably the best T20 bowler in the world, certainly right up there. 
uh, and and so effective at the death in particular. And I don't know that England have got death, these sort of top top death bowlers in the same way. Well, it's a shame as well, isn't it? Of you know what he did in that um, fifty over final in terms of holding his nerve mm. and, and and bowling bowling at, at the death there. You know that this career as difficult a situation as any bowler has ever faced, possibly in terms of pressure and. Uh, and whatnot so yeah yeah, yeah he's, he's just on another another level so um yeah a big big miss so that is a big deal uh, the the absence of stokes i don't want to say it's a blessing in disguise it's clearly a blow as well but in but in a way it might simplify things a bit because earlier this year there was a lot of chat about like what is england's best top six in t20 cricket and how do you fit them all in and you know, Milan's the number one T20 batsman in the world, but actually, should he even be playing? Should Ben Stokes be batting at three? Stokes actually hasn't got that good a record in T20 with either bat or ball, not as good as you would imagine. And England were starting to get into a little bit of a muddle over what their best lineup was and, and how, you know, where Stokes should bat and how you, how you fit them, them all into that. So, and, and as I say, there was some talk of leaving out Milan, which to me would be lunacy even though he is one of those players who might not enjoy these conditions as much as he as some other parts of the world um so yeah it's not you know clearly ben stokes improves any team but it does mean that i think it's fairly straightforward what england's best team is i think the top six will go roy butler milan bairstow morgan livingston i mean maybe not necessarily in that order but i think i think that's what they'll go with ben moeen rashid um probably would jordan and and either wokes or willie does that sound about right to you no mills so mills is an interesting one i i because well i had a question for you saying it was just have they got the bowling attack to win have this, they got mills this tournament? <laughs> <laughs> which the answer would have been yes <laughs> but they've picked ml mills which is an interesting selection he obviously had a great hundred so in some ways this is this is quite uh you know this is the sort of first um first example of someone being picked off of form in the hundred um he's done well around the world in various franchise competitions um hasn't played that much for england and when he has he hasn't you know lit the place up but he is an interesting selection they left out well they've brought him back now because sam curran's injured but they left out tom curran who they've shown a lot of faith in i'm not sure that he'll start um but he could play a role at some point during the competition I feel like there's a lot of pressure on Mark Wood's shoulders and I don't know that he's the the death bowler that England need here. So and nor is Wokes and nor is Willie. So that's why Mills might well play. Um Jordan, you know, will bowl at the death as well, but he's had kind of mixed fortunes when he's done that. So Rashid is absolutely crucial, isn't he? And and so if England are gonna win this tournament, I say I think there's they a question. Need to find another spinner, probably. But. Well, yeah, so I well Moeen will play, but I I, yeah. I think there's a question. <clears throat> the, the big question is, is, is can can the bowlers deliver? They're, they're all going to need to be absolutely on the top of their game, and particularly Rashid, if England are going to do it. But I, so I agree with you. I don't think they're the favourites for this in the way that they were for the the world the 50 over World Cup in 2019, or the way that they would have been for this 18 months ago or two years ago. But they've got to be in the mix, surely. Yeah, exactly. And you know, as you say, the bowlers will have to to a man. Um, produce but um, despite some of the batters going into the tournament perhaps not in great form off the back of the IPL which presumably is a fairly good indicator of form at this point given mm. it's still happening <laughs> and the tournament starts in like a couple of days yeah um, but you just feel like 
the, the, it, you know, you could probably draw a line. It start again when you get there in terms of form. I think, I think, you know, obviously England start against West Indies, which is not not a kind opening game. But yeah, I get I get the sense that some of those batsmen, you know, they were in form or not, it'll be a slightly different proposition as soon as they get into the England setup. Well, let's talk about West Indies. I'm kind of going through this. I'm going through group group one of the Super Twelves. We'll talk more about the the teams in the in the group stage later on. So as you say, England's opening game, the opening game in that group is against West Indies, who are the defending champions. Also, the only team to have won this tournament twice. Can you remember all the winners of the World T Twenty? India, India, Pakistan, Pakistan, <laughs> Sri Lanka. Yes, England. Yes. West Indies. Correct. West Indies. Yeah, that's it. Well done, Tane. Cheers, mate. Um, only, as I mentioned earlier, only four survivors from the starting 11 uh, in the final in 2016, which, as you say, does feel like a lifetime ago. But that said, it's not like this is a squad of newbies. In fact, quite the opposite. It feels a bit like they've got the band back together. If you, <laughs> if you look through that squad, Pollard, Gale, Andre Russell, Lendl Simmons, Andre Fletcher, Ravi Rampal, Dwayne Bravo, and Ravi Rampal. Yeah, it's just like, it's like an episode of I Love Two Thousand Eight. Ravi Rampal, who was you know played such a key role when they won it in twenty twelve as well. So you know, so there are some really exciting young players, and I'm very keen to watch Shimron Hetmeyer and Nicholas Puran. Um, but there's a lot of experience there too. You look at those names on paper, and it, it's quite an electrifying squad, isn't it? At least in the batting. Possibly a few more questions about the bowling. There are some questions about the yeah the form of some of these guys and whether they're quite the players that they used to be. You had told me an interesting headline that you'd read about Chris Gale just before. Yeah, Gale's been slating Curtly Ambrose. Quite what? a harsh retort, I thought. What was the headline? Just, the headline says, Chris Gale, I have no respect for Curtly Ambrose whatsoever, <laughs> which seems a bit harsh. Yeah. Um, this Wait. is in response to Ambrose's comments that Gale shouldn't be an automatic choice in West Indies eleven reasonably strong isn't it but yeah i mean so two years ago we thought gail must be on his last legs but he's still still going he's probably not gonna have a huge impact in the field you would think um or maybe you will but in the wrong way um so yeah there are some question marks about this but there's no denying that they've got a very strong you know very experienced and very successful you know very sort of historically successful uh line up there as ever with West Indies, I suppose the question is, can they string performances together consistently? Like on their day, you'd think they could beat anyone and they certainly can win this tournament, but, but will they do it repeatedly? You know, if they, will they have an off day here or there that, that might cost them? Yeah. I, you know, I mentioned it at the top, you know, just about knowing who, being, being very clear about who plays for who and who's from where mm. and, and, you know, what they're trying to do. When you, when you look at Gail's list of teams that he's played for, it's, it's preposterous. It's like Chattergram, Challengers, Dolphins, Jamaica Talawas, Karachi Kings, Lahore uh, Calendars, uh, Matabellaland Tuskers, Rangpur Riders, Sydney Thunder, Western Australia. Balk Legends, D Gangers 11, um, <laughs> Josie Stars, Kings 11, Punjab Lions, Markham Renegades, uh, Melbourne Renegades, you have to cut some of this actually, Melbourne Renegades, Royal Challengers, Bangalore, St. Kitts and Nevis Patriots, Vancouver Knights, Barisol Burners, Dakar Gladiators, Candy Tuskers, Kolkata Knight Riders, 
Keta Gladiators, Stanford Superstars. <laughs> <laughs> the list goes on. But uh, yeah. I'll tell you what, I'm complaining about having to race around from one thing to another. <laughs> yeah, he's been busy. Don't envy Chris Gale. He's got a couple of years on you, though, to be just, fair. Just see him in. <laughs> you look in your rearview mirror, you just see Chris Gale behind you. Go, Come on. Get on with it. <laughs> Gotta go and play for the. That's a race home to get his Dakar Gladiators <laughs> shirt. Um, yeah, so get West Indies, you know, every, you'll be watching every game. It'll be... Um, yeah, it'll be fun to watch. Yeah. It'll be really fun to watch. And they, they, as I say, they definitely can win this tournament. They've, they've got to be up there amongst the favourites. So uh, another team in that group, South Africa. When we do these team-by-team tournament previews, Tone, it inevitably ends up with me just listing names. Mm. So here are some names... Kagiza Rabada, Quinton de Kock. But arguably, that's where the names stop for this South Africa team. I mean, there's, there's others as well. Aidan Markram and Lungi Ngidi and, and uh, Anrique Nokia, yeah. Um, but in terms of, like, superstar names, they've probably only got two these days, which for, for South Africa is unusual. So you'd say there's, there's... Yeah, I mean, they are two of the best players in the world. One of the... Well, probably one of the two or three best all-format bowlers in, in Rabada. A batsman in De Kock who, who would walk into virtually any side. But there's there's got to be a lot of pressure on those two to deliver, you would say. They have had... They've had pretty decent results this year, actually, South Africa in, in T20. They won in the Caribbean. Uh, and they've beaten Ireland and Sri Lanka as well. So, so yeah, they've got some form as a team coming into it. But, but maybe not the kind of uh, marquee sort of eye-catching lineup of, of a South Africa team of the past. So that leaves, of the teams that we know are in Group 1 of the Super 12s, with, with two... I thought you were going to say, of the teams that we know, onto <laughs> <laughs> with... the, the complete unknowns. <laughs> complete unknowns like Australia. Um, with No, with two more teams to come into that group, but, but the, the fourth team that, that, that is there already, Australia... Um, according to the bookies, they are the fourth favourites for this tournament, or at least the bookies that I looked at online. At least the bookmaker, the dive shop that I went down to uh, on the way here when I was racing here. Um, so they're the fourth favourites, but I'm not sure I agree with that, Tony. I, I don't know what you think, but I, their recent form in T20 has been pretty poor. They've lost in the Caribbean. They lost in Bangladesh pretty convincingly. I'm not massively sold on their squad, I mean, they've got their big three fast bowlers in Cummins, Stark and Hazelwood, but arguably they're not as important in this format, or at least in these conditions. This tournament is going to, You would think that this tournament is going to be a lot about spinners as far as the bowling goes. And Australia spinners, Adam Zampa, Ashton Agar, Mitchell Swepson, I'm not sure they're quite on the same level as some other teams. Yeah, I probably agree with you on that. I suppose as well, you know, a lot's going to rest on Glenn Maxwell's shoulders. Because he's a spin option as well. Um, yeah, you know he's he's had a, a you know a very good IPL, you know, and is the outstanding yeah T Twenty batter in in the, in that team, and you know one of the outstanding in, in the game, isn't he? So um, yeah, I think yeah they'll be there and thereabouts, won't they? For, for one of a better cliche, but um, um, but I don't think yeah I don't yeah you know, I don't think they're in the top sort of two or three favourites <laughs> in the top sort of four, five, seven favourites. As you say, as with most teams, they've got some some thrilling batting options in Warner and Finch and Maxwell and Marcus Stoinis, but just just not quite on, on the same level as, as some others, perhaps even some others in their group. A lot of pressure on Justin Langer, the coach. Have you been following this story, Tone? Langer under pressure um, after those uh, the sort of poor run of results that they've had and some dressing room unrest and apparently Tim Payne and, uh, and some... 
can't remember who else it was from the players, but some of the Cricket Australia uh, suits have met to discuss the, quote, elephant in the room. Ashton Agar's come out punching in support of him. But yeah, if, if Australia don't have a good tournament here, there is a question about how much longer how much longer Langer can, uh, can hold on to the job. Yeah, I wonder if they've got the cameras out for this one. <laughs> I've forgotten about that, that yeah. series. Thing is, at any given moment, there is a documentary crew filming <laughs> yeah. a sports team yeah. that you're watching. So it's, it's kind of interesting to guess which one it might be. Yeah, true. Um, who do you think it is in this tournament? <sighs> who would you want it to be? I think West, West Indies. Indies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Simple. Yeah, definitely. All right, that's uh, that was a quicker discussion than I expected. Right, I'll. Well, let's do the other group. We'll, we'll touch on the 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 qualifiers. The group stages. We'll do, the, we'll do. We've done one group. We'll do the other group. Then we'll do the group stage, uh, and then I'll ask you who's coming. Who's coming through to the semi-finals? Yeah. So if we if we turn our attention to group two, uh, starting with India. So notionally, the home side, although you know they were going to be the home side for this tournament before it was moved because of the pandemic to the UAE. Talking of names, here's a name: Virat Kohli, a name to fear, you would say, but. He hasn't scored an international century since November 2019. And he hasn't scored a white ball international century since August 2019. So you might say he's due, but, you know, is, 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 it, is it a blip? Is it more than a blip? I don't know. What, what do you think, Tony? Would you, you'd still be nervous about Coley walking to the crease if you were supporting the other team, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, particularly, you know, when there's... Oh, but, sorry, I should just say, having said about the century thing, He's never scored. I don't think he's ever scored a T20 international century. And centuries obviously aren't as big a thing in T20. So that, that's not the big one end all. But it just yeah, does yeah. show that his, his, uh, his form hasn't been anything like what it was in the last couple of years. Yeah, and I don't know that I necessarily... He'd be my most feared batter in this Indian lineup. Um, Interesting. Um, but I'm not, I think in the grand scheme of things, I don't think the fact that, that Cody hasn't scored 100 for a couple of years in, in white ball cricket will takes too much of a gloss off uh, of what a formidable package India are likely to be here. Given, you know, given the, the form that players are carrying into it, the proximity to the IPL, the, um, yeah, the conditions. So you think that even if he has a stinker of a tournament, that India could still win? Oh, yeah, I think so. Okay, interesting. So, so what, is, what are some other, what are those names that you're looking oh, at? It's there? just a few names, aren't there, really? You know, Rohit, Kale Rahul... So you go a bit further down the order, Pant, Pandya. Yeah. You know, there's, they've got... Pants down the order. Yeah. <laughs> you think as well, given, their, um, given the conditions, given their, the, the strength in bowling as well, you know, they might not always be chasing huge totals in terms of um, what's coming the other way. So, uh, yeah, I think they've got... I think they've, yeah, clearly, they're, clearly they're the, the form horse, aren't they? Well, and if they are chasing a huge total, they'll, they'll they can be still fairly confident. Them. I mean... Both of these guys might not play, uh, or at least not play much. But Ishan Kishan and and Sky Yadav as well. I mean, they're, they're, yeah, there's there's a lot of strength in depth when you're looking at the batting. And then yeah, it's where they probably have the edge over England at the moment on paper is in the bowling. Jasper Bumrah, their spin options are fairly ridiculous with Ashwin, Akshar Patel, Jadeja, Chahar. On these surfaces, that is quite a fearsome unit you would say so yeah they're, they're the form team for you are they the favorites for you i think they, i think they've got to be haven't they just based, gonna... based on personnel and um and conditions um you'd think as well 
you know, as we talked about at the top, just given the history of the tournament and the history of um, and and the way that the IPL has you know just gone on and gone on and gone on over the last you know few years, that um, you know they'll want to show that they're the best in the world. Do you think the motivation will be we pretty peak? Yeah. So we shall see. It's certainly going to take a an exceptional team or an exceptional performance to to beat them. You would you would think? Like I don't think it's a done deal. Oh no, not 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 no, no not I don't by think any stretch. Favorites by that much? Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if if someone else wins this. But but they they do start favorites for me as well. Their first game is against Pakistan on the twenty fourth of October. Very early doors in the tournament. Which well, to be fair, where it could all start going wrong for them. Well, true. <laughs> I mean, even though it's incredibly cynical and quite annoying that India and Pakistan are just always in the same two groups, uh, in the same group, it's also hard not to be excited by that prospect, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And and yeah, it, it's going to be um, it's going to be some contest because yeah, Pakistan are, are kind of right in the mix, I think, in terms of, of of strength of team. And you know, it's a cliche, but they always seem to pull it together at the key moment. Mm. So um, yeah, looking forward to seeing that one go off. It's a team packed with youngsters, isn't it? Pakistan with Mohammed Hafiz about to turn forty-one, Shoaib Malik thirty-nine, but also some. There are some pretty thrilling young players with Shaheen Afridi, Shadab Khan, Mohammed Wasim. You you thought they were one of the, the stronger-looking squads. What kind of prompted you to say that? Is there anyone in particular that leaps out for you there? Well, I think they've just you know they've got players, <clears throat> they've got players who um, you know scored big runs in the last couple of years. Rizwan. You know, obviously, as you said, in Babarazam, you know, one of the one of the outstanding players in the world at the moment, and you know they've got some electric, um, you know, electric performers in the bowling in the bowling um, department. So, again, conditions, you know, it's in their ballpark. Um, you know, these are places, particularly in the UAE, that they know really, really well. Um, yeah, I think they'll be. I think they'll be in the mix. I'm trying to keep this fairly pacey tone moving through this because I've yeah. got to race off somewhere else uh, after this. But uh, no, just just you know, just because otherwise I feel like we could be here all afternoon. Um, so I'm trying to trying to keep things moving along. Um, so let's let's turn our. I mean, there's lots more teams to talk about as well. So let's turn our attention to New Zealand. Just to repeat a cliche you said you've said a couple of times, I think so far. You know, they're, they're always there or thereabouts, aren't they? And, you know, you, you know, be a brave man that would that would write them off. But they, they do come into this looking strong as ever. Um, here are some names for you. Williamson, Bolt, Salvi, Kyle Jamieson uh, is, you know, one of the one of the kind of superstar names in world cricket now, you would say. Where they might struggle, a bit like Australia and one or two others, is perhaps in the spin options. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching Mark Chapman if he plays... Um, he obviously, I think, was playing for Hong Kong the last time there was a World T20, T20 World Cup. So, um, yeah, there's lots to be excited about. Like, as with every team, they've got... You look at this and you go, bloody hell, this batting lineup, like with Guptill and Jimmy Neesham as well. I mean, there's there's lots of... Uh, lo- there's You know, it's a pretty explosive lineup, as with every team that we talk about. But Devin Conway, yeah. Know, one, of the, one of the best bats within the world. <laughs> um any thoughts on New Zealand team? Do you, do you expect them to be strong here as well? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I suppose at the moment you look at the two groups, the two Super 12 groups, and you say, you know, there's there's probably six really good teams there out of the eight, um, or, 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 you know, six that could well be in the mix. Um, there's, not really, there's not really any weak sides in it. Mm. But then obviously, as soon as you get the two teams from each of the other groups, potentially 
they're not going to be, you wouldn't, you know, be a bit of a shock if anyone, uh, if any of the teams from groups A or B, um, yeah, yeah, come through. So, so yeah, no, I think, I think New Zealand have got, they've got a chance. Who are you ruling out from those eight? You said six of eight. Well, I don't think South Africa or Afghanistan will be in the semifinals. Interesting. Probably agree with that. We need to talk about Afghanistan. I mean, is there a group of death, would you say, or do they look fairly balanced? I, I suppose it slightly depends who comes through the group stages because you, you're going to be adding Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, Ireland. You know, it could be, say, uh, Bangladesh and Ireland going into into one of these groups. So that obviously makes a difference. But if you just look at the groups as they are now, is there is there a tougher group there, you would say? I think, well, I think... If you ask me, would it, which group are England happy to be in? I think it's Group One is kinder. I think um, certainly for England, you know, there's, there's if you were to substitute England for for New Zealand, say, <laughs> sinks throwing up. Um, yeah, you know, if you were to put England in place of New Zealand, you might think, well, that looks pretty tough for England as it stands. You'd probably bat them to get through. Yeah, I think uh, this is. Slightly unfair question to ask you because I think it does make a difference. It makes a big difference. Like if if England's group, you know, after the group stage contains Sri Lanka and Bangladesh as well, say, which is possible, then that suddenly looks very different, doesn't it? Even though, you know, I, I think England would be confident of beating both of those teams, but nonetheless, that that's going to be a tougher assignment, you would think. Yeah, and I think also from just from a mentality perspective, I guess the the one sort of upshot of the round one Super 12 format is that the teams that, yeah, okay, the, t- the the big boys, if you like, in groups one and two will be playing warm-ups, but the teams that will come through groups A and B will be coming off the back of, mm. um, you know, serious cricket. You know, presumably the teams that win those groups will, or, or for any of the teams that qualify, you know, they'll come through with a bit of a bounce. So potentially those, the first couple of games that those sides play, even if it's, you know, for any of those teams, you know, the first couple of games or even all of them, you know, they're carrying that extra bit of momentum through. So it might just give them the um, sort of the head start they need to to knock a couple of big sides over. Well, let's talk about Afghanistan. I mean, it, you know, there's obviously lots of uh, lots of questions now about that the, there is a kind of cloud over Afghanistan's future in the international game, given what has happened in that country this year and not going to be able to have a women's team. And that's a kind of precondition for, for competing, for being an ICC full member. So, you know, there, there are questions, but they're, they're here anyway. And they have got arguably the best T20 bowler in the world in the shape of Rashid Khan. He's third in the rankings at the moment, actually. But the, the, the T20 rankings I do find aren't necessarily that helpful. Tabrez Shamsi is number one bowler in the world at the moment. He's a very good bowler and has had a good year, but I wouldn't have said that was accurate. We've got Wanindu De Silva from Sri Lanka at two. Uh, Agar and Zampa are in the top 10. But having said that, I never shut up about the fact that Milan is the number one bat- batsman in the world. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so maybe uh, so that might be a cake and eat it situation. But, um, but yeah, so they've got Rashid Khan. Excited to watch him play. In these conditions as well, he's familiar with them, will enjoy them. Mohamed Nabi uh, is the number one T20 all-rounder in the world. This is partly a function of, of how much T20 cricket Afghanistan play. But yeah, there's uh, like West Indies, I think they will be a lot of fun to watch. And I don't think you can rule... I mean, you wouldn't back them to come out of this group, would you, to, to sort of win enough games to come out of the group. But you'd think on their day, they're going to... It, it will, as I say, it will be exciting to watch. And they... I don't think anyone will uh, will relish facing them. 
Yeah, and look, you know, there are bigger, bigger things um, to worry about than cricket for Afghanistan as a country at the moment. And you know, um, you know, they don't pretend to know exactly what the mindset is of, of anyone in Afghanistan or in the wider country or in the cricket squad. But you know, you would imagine that given, as you say, the uncertainty over their very future as an international um, team, that you know, in those dressing room sort of pre-match chats, there's going to be you know, they're going to be very motivated to to make the most of that this opportunity, whatever comes next, and um, and to yeah to to put on a performance. So yeah, I think that you know that again they're going to be really really interesting and, and yeah fun to watch. In those two first round groups, anyone particularly catching? Are there any any who do you think is going to come through that? As I say, Group A: Ireland, Namibia, Netherlands, Sri Lanka. That might be the tougher in that you would say Sri Lanka, Netherlands and Ireland will all fancy their chances. Of and through. Namibia. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, I think, yeah, I think Namibia are, are optimistic. Yeah, I don't want to write off Namibia. No. But. Um, and I think, you know, there is a, there's a fair amount of chat about Netherlands as well. Mm. So, yeah, and Sri Lanka aren't great, are they? Yes. At the moment. So True. that, I think that, yeah, that's going to be potentially pretty fun to watch. Group B, I think Bangladesh will um, come through that fairly easily. Sri Lanka v Netherlands on the 22nd of October is the final game in that group and that could be you know, there could be a lot riding on that potentially Ryan Tendiscarta is playing for the Netherlands age 42 I think 41, 42 there are some some real veterans some old folks in this tournament aren't there I'd like to see uh, yeah, 41 like a, is ancient I'd like to see, uh, are there enough over 40s to make a, an 11 probably not far off but yeah, yeah they should have at the end of the, end of the tournament like an over 40s versus under 20s or, or like yeah an over unders game I think is Brad, the old Hogg, boys is Brad Hogg playing this one? <laughs> um, and then, yeah, Group B, Bangladesh, Amman, Papua New Guinea, Scotland. Amman obviously playing at home. All these games are in Muscat. Who do you fancy from, from that group? Papua New Guinea will be quite fun to watch, you'd think, as well. Yeah. Do you know what? I think First we'll come back... Tournament. Well, yeah, well, once we've put this preview preview to bed, we'll come back with the actual preview next week once yeah. those teams full play. Yeah, if you haven't waited out... <laughs> You know, we we have. It's probably fair to say we haven't seen a lot of these teams recently. We'll hold our hands up to that, but we'll say that we are really looking forward to watching them. I'm genuinely excited to, you know, to, to see Papua New Guinea and Oman um, uh, take to the field in that first game of the tournament on 17th of October. Yeah, and certainly, you know, Oman are a team that that Guernsey and Jersey have played. Um, you know, in the not too distant past. Um, so yeah, be, yeah, it'd be fun fun to see how they go. There'll be a few names, I'm sure. That the, the players in the Channel Islands will recognise, which of course is where we are based. Um, funny enough, actually, Jersey are off to Spain over the next few days for the European qualifier for next year's T20 World Cup. One of four teams, I think, then progress through to the global qualifier for the qualifier <laughs> for the World Cup. Right. Um, um, but yeah, they're, they're up against, you know, they're one of four teams, including Italy, who have Jade Dernback involved. Oh, really? Yeah, he's now playing for Italy. There's quite a few... Does that happen? Uh, there's quite a few um, county players. Uh, was it? Dernback playing for Italy. There's Mercedes playing for, for Germany. Um, Denmark as well are in it. So yeah, that'll be interesting to see how, uh, mm. how that one plays out. I'm, I'm going to press you a bit here now, because I'd like some predictions for this tournament. First of all, who's coming through Group A to get to the Super 12? Ireland, Namibia, Netherlands, Sri Lanka. Ireland and Netherlands. Wow, no Sri Lanka. Interesting. They don't look that strong, do they, Sri Lanka? They're they're struggling a bit at the moment, so might not be as big a shock as it seems, if that is what happens. 
Group B, Bangladesh, Oman, Papua New Guinea, Scotland. Bangladesh and Scotland. Okay, so that would mean Group 1 would be Australia, England, South Africa, West Indies, Ireland, Scotland. Who's coming through that? Top two to go through. Yeah, England, West Indies. Okay, so then Group B, or Group 2, <laughs> would be <laughs> Afghanistan. This is so confusing. Afghanistan, India, New Zealand, Pakistan, Netherlands, and Bangladesh. India, Pakistan. I would have England, West Indies as well. Sorry to be boring, but I'll go India, New Zealand. So that would mean, assuming that in, we're in that order, you're saying England top, West Indies second? Uh, no, I'll go West Indies, England. Okay. And I'll go India, Pakistan. All right, so the semifinals for you would be West Indies v Pakistan and India v England. So it could easily be an India-Pakistan final. It could be a repeat of the last final. It could be a remember-the-name moment. I don't know. I, I, it's tough to see it past India winning the tournament. Uh, and I'm going to go... I'm going to say they beat Pakistan in the final. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I, I think it will... I think uh, England will top their group. So I think it could be an India-West Indies semi-final and an England-New Zealand semi-final. So I'll, this is very boring, like boringly predictable, but I might go for an England-India final. Or do I... I'll go for an England-India final. I'll go for England winning, just to be different <laughs> for you. Why not? Yeah, go on. Well, we got there, Tone. Yeah, didn't we? We got there. We got through it. I did want to say something quickly about the Ashes squad. How long have we been boring on for? We've got a, got a few minutes, so this will have to be quick. Um, but obviously, on the on the last show, we talked about the Ashes, and I was asking the question, you know, will the Ashes happen? Because there was quite a bit of doubt, quite a bit of uncertainty. But it does seem that the Ashes is going ahead. England have, have committed to it. They've picked a squad, a full-strength squad, barring the the, the injuries and, and uh, other absences that we already knew about, like Archer and Stokes. So that's exciting. So, yeah, the Ashes is definitely happening, which you said they would. Yeah. Tim Payne was asked the same question that I asked you and came in for a bit of flack for saying that they'd be happening whether or not Root was there. <laughs> yeah, a bit spiky. Um but he turned out to be right. They are indeed happening. Let me quickly run through the squad. I'm, I'm sure people have, have seen this if they're interested. Uh, we've got Joe Root as the captain. <laughs> uh, Anderson, Bairstow, Bess, Broad, Burns, Butler, Crawley, Haseeb Hamid, Dan Lawrence, Jack Leach, Milan, Craig Overton, Ollie Pope, Ollie Robinson, Wokes and Wood. As I say, they've ended up picking, you know, after, after all, after much discussion, they have picked their strongest available squad. There's no Stokes, there's no Archer, there's no Ollie Stone, there's no Sam Curran, but that's all through injury. Everyone else, including Josh Butler, who was, you know, supposedly the one with the most doubts, um, has has committed to to touring. How do you feel about this squad, Tone? Uh, the, uh, you looked borderline angry that yeah, I'd asked you that question. <laughs> no, no, I think it's like, I think there's a, there's a, there's a great shame that, you know, England has spent well the, the year at least, and obviously much longer. A year um, and change. You know, basically saying the Ashes are our priority, mm. and you sort of get to the Ashes, and it's like it's been a bit of a muddle, um, and not all through the ECB's um, own doing. You know, clearly there is there's, there's a lot else going on, but clearly Carlos Brathwaite's had a lot to do, <laughs> yeah. do this responsible yeah, for the exactly. pandemic as well. So. Um, so yeah, I, do you know what I mean? It feels like 
there's enough kind of other stuff happening that it, it's it, to detract from it alongside the fact that there's obviously a couple of key injuries or a couple of key absentees. You know, we talked about Archer in terms of the, the, the T20 World Cup, but Archer and Stokes, you know, probably be your first two names on the team sheet. Mm. Um, arguably, in a, in a way, Ash, when well, an Ash is, but um, so that's disappointing. The fact that obviously there's all the wrangling about would they go, wouldn't they go, or the family, do you know what I mean? It just feels like we've got a T20 World Cup first. I don't know. It feels like going to get to the Ashes, probably undercooked, a little bit, yeah. a bit, almost, yeah, exactly, un, certainly undercooked, a little bit sort of just generally peed off. Mm. Um, a bit probably going in feeling like, oh, we're, you know, England are on a bit of a, you know, hiding to nothing. So it has all the hallmarks of quite a, a, yeah. quite a sort of damp squib of a winter. Really. The wheels are coming off already. But it, it, also for me, I, I don't know what I was expecting. And if I'd properly thought about it, this is what I would have been expecting. But it, yeah. I just read that squad and went, oh, it's just got an underwhelming feel to it. And I don't know, what, I can quite put my finger on why, you know, be expecting a lot of these two players. But like, for example, there's no Saqib Mood and there's no Matt Parkinson. I mean, they're both uncapped at test level so it's not like they probably wouldn't have played if they were in the squad but I just feel like that might have showed a bit more ambition this just feels somehow feels very conservative very cautious very like a damage limitation yeah and a kind of closed shop as well and and that might be structural because you know we're now in a situation I did see a a good tweet from uh, John Hotton friend of the show John Hotton uh, just talking about the fact that you know, I'd love what, if we saw John Hotton in the stream, like, oh, John, he'd be like, Who are you? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> we met Welcome him, we played cricket with him once. <laughs> what, um, <laughs> Johnny Boy? <laughs> Sorry, who are you? But yeah, just pointing out that, like, uh, you know, whatever you think of Ed Smith and whatever you think of the rights or wrongs of getting rid of Ed, Ed Smith, getting rid of his position was fairly mad because, mm-hmm. because that's what's happening. And now Chris Silverwood is the chief selector effectively as well as the coach and it just means that he's not watching county cricket because he's with england he's going to go with what he knows isn't yeah he? so and so i don't want to i'm just you know this is maybe a little bit harsh on him but someone like craig overton he did fine for England this summer but it just that it just feels very very cozy that he's there and saki mahmood isn't and and a bit unambitious as i say or, or yeah damage limitation four years ago i mean overton was literally one of these bowlers but england one of the, the big problem England had was that they had these kind of 80 mile an hour bowlers who offered no penetration on Australian pitches. And you look at that and it's pretty much the same with the exception of Mark Wood, but is he going to be fit enough to play all five tests? And it just, obviously Archer not being there, they couldn't have controlled this, but two years ago we were suddenly, I was getting quite excited about the prospect of England touring Australia with a bowling attack of Archer and Wood. And if that felt like an attack that could win the Ashes, and England would be going there with express pace. Now, you know, it's quite possible. I mean, Ollie Robinson had a fantastic summer, and I'm interested to see how he gets on. But it's quite possible that, again, the England bowling attack will be 80 mile an hour bowlers who are not moving. It's not swinging with yeah. the Kookaburra ball, it's not moving off the straight, and it's just going to be a lot of watching Steve Smith just looking incredibly comfortable and. I just, yeah, I, as I say, I don't know what I was expecting, but I just looked at that and thought, is this a squad to win a series in Australia? Probably not. Look, the, the flip side for me always is a very optimistic thinker is that given that there will be a degree of negativity around it and, you know, it, it might be that. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You know, the expectations are fairly low. There is an opportunity now for these players, or there's an opportunity there for those players to become heroes, to be, to produce a backs against the wall victory, to to do something spectacular. Um, which again is, is optimistic, but but that that opportunity exists. Yeah, I mean, guaranteed though, guaranteed first test. You know, we'll stay up and go to bed with Australia either like ninety for one or ninety for no wicket <laughs> uh, at lunch, yeah. or like England, yeah, a few down. It's like oh, I'll just go to yeah, bed. It'll be like. Yeah. 80 for four probably yeah. lunch on day one uh, yeah and I mean Australia aren't the team you know that they were a couple of years ago maybe I mean they've still got that bowling attack and they'll you know they undoubtedly will start this as favourites especially you know being at home whereas I don't know what I was expecting it's not like they've left out all these like screamingly obvious selections whoever they pick the batting is going to struggle but I just felt like it was it's just quite an unadventurous selection and that just seemed a shame because I think you need you need to have a bit of adventure if if they're gonna have a chance of of winning down under but on the other hand counterintuitively I'm somehow more excited about this series and perhaps even you know more kind of more excited about cricket generally as a result of this squad being picked, because, you know, I'm, I'm ticking, Tone. I'm t- there's something for me to kind of get my teeth into. You've really perked up from last episode. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, that is going to be a lot for the World Cricket Show this time. Uh, obviously, we'll be back with, a, uh, you know, with the this was the pre-preview and we'll have the, the real preview soon. I don't know, we're going to be, we are going to be coming back to you through through the T20 World Cup. You bet, you bet yourself. Um, you bet yourself. You, be, you bet yourself, mate. <laughs> Um, you better believe it so yeah it's exciting i'm excited to uh to get cracking have you enjoyed this one tone yeah it's been great it's been absolutely great i've got to race <laughs> off now to go and pick up my son from nursery you'll arrive just be like oh <laughs> yeah what's wrong and then i'll be singing wheels on the bus <laughs> on the way home <laughs> just like what a life <laughs> what a world um but yeah it's been fun though i've yeah, enjoyed it, it. So, but I, we better bring this one to an end. If you enjoy the World Cricket Show, get more involved on social media. We're on, you know, your Facebooks, your Twitters, your Instagrams. Send us an email, worldcricketshow at gmail.com. And if you do enjoy the show, uh, why not write a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to it? What are you up to this afternoon? So you, you've got a nice relaxing one, have you? Um, uh, no, actually, I'm running around racing. <laughs> racing about, I've got to try and eat in the next like 15 minutes. Right. I've got to try and cook something and eat it. Uh, and then head out. Yeah, I mean, so I, three appointments. I left work at one, had to go home, and to be, and then get back here for one thirty, which is the time that I'd insisted on. And I had to make some food in that time, so I got in about quarter past one and made the quickest and bleakest cheese sandwich <laughs> of my life. Ate it in about three gulps, and then sprinted to my car. And then was going, Fuck, oh, come on, Get at people yeah. at T junctions. So it's been, you know, it's been a really relaxing <laughs> afternoon, afternoon doing yeah. one of my favourite hobbies. I feel like you've relaxed into it though, as you've got, <laughs> you've settled. A bit skittish at the crease early on, but all right. But yeah, cool. Stay in school, everyone. We'll see you soon. Yeah. Bye bye for now. Cheers. <laughs>
Bye.